0: welcome back to the Millennial Ag Podcast, where agriculture is always on tap and no topic is off limits. Thanks for joining us this week, your co-hosts, Valine Likely and Catherine Lotsbeach. Listeners, welcome back to this week's episode. Catherine's, um, I was texting her this week and she's getting lots of baby snuggles and adapting well to motherhood. Um, hopefully she'll be back in the next week or two, depending kind of on how, how the sleep schedule goes and how, how she's feeling. But we're excited to to have her back here shortly. Um, this week, I have one of my friends on, Miss Jessie Jarvis. Um, she's a rancher and a fashionista from um, the, I guess, kind of Magic Valley, but um, I will let her introduce herself. And thanks, Jessie, for joining me.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me, Valine. I am really, truly honored that you asked. Um, I've been a listener for a while, so I'm excited to get a chance to chat with you.
0: Well, thanks for coming on. So, why don't you tell listeners just to get going a little bit about your family's operation and and kind of about your family too?
1: Yeah. So we are. I'm a third generation rancher in Southern Idaho. Uh, My husband and I ranch alongside my parents, but he also comes from a generational ranching family as well. He, I think, is the fifth generation. Their operation has been in business for gosh like 105 or six years, so for quite a while, Um, and we do get a chance to be involved with their operation a little bit, but um, primarily we are down with my parents. Uh, We have two little kids. We have a three-and-a-half-year-old, and and then we just had a six-month-old little girl, so we've got a girl and a boy, which is good, Uh, so we're still on man-to-man defense. I don't think that we're not going to enter the zone defense area, so we're just going to stop there. Um, and then in addition to ranching, I also own a company called Of The West, which is a jobs platform built specifically for the ag and Western industries. So that, that is
0: all of the stuff that keeps us busy. And it definitely keeps us busy. <laughs> yeah, it seems like you're running around and um, just chasing, chasing kids and cows. Um, and then your business as well. So I guess one question I've ha- always had is, Why did you guys choose to be more involved maybe in your, in your family's operation than Justin's operation? Yeah, that is a really good question. And honestly,
1: it was a really difficult decision for us to make. And because both operations are really successful. um, But the thing that kind of kept us here with my family is the fact that I'm an only child. And so if I wasn't around, then We this operation was going to cease to exist at some point. It would have to be sold off. Whereas Justin's family, um, they have a larger family unit. There are three different branches of that family involved in their ranch. So there's a lot more uh, people to kind of shoulder the responsibility. Whereas down here, it's just my parents. And then um, we do have one employee who's worked for us for like 15 or 16 years. And then Justin and I. So that was the... I would say biggest reason for our decision, but at the same time, it doesn't necessarily make it any easier when we're down here, we're not with Justin's family. And when we do go to help Justin's family, then we're not down here being responsible for what's going on. So we're always torn. I like, I think that people think like, Oh gosh, that's so nice that you have two ranches to, to work with. Then we are very, very lucky that we were born into this but I will say it is, it's a very difficult decision to make because you feel like you're disappointing somebody. Uh, And so that's still something that we deal with. Like you're never truly content with where you are, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, I can totally kind of understand that. And I've seen it, you know, a little bit in my, my family and like my brother and sister-in-law and that sort of thing. And as we're talking about our own succession planning and, us coming back and who, who takes over what, or who starts working. I don't know if taking over is the right term right now, but who starts, you know, helping burden that, that responsibility and, and so forth. And, 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 and where do you want to raise your kids? Where do you want your kids to come back to? There's, you know, that conversation to be had too. So exactly what um i guess how do you how do you guys with your with your parents um on that operation how do the responsibilities vary or who's in charge of what and how do you guys manage that yeah so that is actually a
1: question that i get quite a bit because alan and kim my parents they have their own cow herd and then justin and i have our own cow herd and they actually don't ever run together with the exception of a couple months in the winter when our cows are dry so it doesn't necessarily matter then, um, but we do run things together, but separate, if you will. So we have um, an allotment that is separate of theirs that we run in. Uh, so it's all connected to the BLM that my parents run on, but our, we have our own fields and things like that. Um, so as far as like the day-to-day stuff, my dad still kind of calls the shots, uh, makes the big decision making, if you will, or planning for days or weeks. Um, but then, as far as w- how that all works, it just kind of depends on the day and the season. Um, right now, we don't, summer is actually our slower season, which is usually not the case for most ranchers because a lot of people obviously are haying. Um, and we have a local family do all of our haying for us. So we don't have to worry about any of that. But most of our responsibilities around here are keeping things green because we irrigate our own crops and pastures and things like that, and then checking water out on the desert to make sure that all of our cows have water. So once you've done one day, you've about done all of the days in the summer, things don't really change for us. So that makes like the day-to-day a little bit easier in that sense.
0: So since it's your slow time, um, have you had any time for fun vacations or anything this summer?
1: No. And I feel like I say it's a slow time, but when you're chained to irrigating and changing corn lines at eight and eight every day, like you can't really go anywhere or do anything, (laughs) but at least it's better than when we have stuff in the feedlot and you've got to be there at eight in the morning and three in the afternoon. You can't really go get any errands done in between those, those windows. That's for sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No. And it's, you know, a Costco run or whatever sometimes takes a full day and, and so forth. So, um, I guess tell us a little bit about your, um, business of your business of the West.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, um, of the West actually started this year is when it launched and it is a jobs platform that is built specifically the ag and western industries. So whether they are boots on the ground type of job opportunities or up the corporate ladder in ag and western industries and anything in between, um, we facilitate putting have letting employers put jobs on our website so that job seekers can go to find them. And one of the reasons that I created Up the West was because um, there's not a really great place to go to look for jobs in the Ag and Western industries. There are some other sites out there and they're great sites, um, but they definitely cater more to the Ag side of things. And there's currently nothing available well, until out of the West came around for the Western industry as well. And I think that um, even though those are two very different sectors, they all have the same type of people in them. And if you have grown up on a farm or a ranch or as a rodeo kid, it doesn't necessarily matter in which of those industries you work in in your future, but you know that's those are the type of people you want to surround yourselves with. Um, and so that is why we created that, just to help people find jobs and to help employers find reliable employees that have that passion to keep their business alive because that is hard to find these days
0: well and especially it seems like I drive up and down um blue lakes and twin falls a lot and it's help wanted help wanted help wanted and it's it's just almost devastating to see you know places when mcdonald's is offering signing bonuses and benefits and stuff it's it's just mind-blowing how how limited we are on our work workforce and and trying to find different avenues especially for rural people to to look for other jobs if you're ranching in Nevada and you kind of are wanting to go somewhere else it's hard to go to a job fair or do something so that's really kind of cool that you created that how how many jobs I guess are posted now and what's the variety of jobs you have listed so it always it as far as the quantity, it always differs just because jobs are only
1: open for so long. And so I feel like we might get 10 posted in a day and the next day we've lost five just because that's when their closing date was. So it's definitely something that we're always getting new ones in and current jobs that are on there are always closing. So if you are on of the West and you don't see what you're looking for that day, definitely go back the next day because there's always something new that is popping up. That is definitely for sure, which is an exciting thing. Mm -hmm. As far as the types of jobs that are on there, we truly have everything. We have had, uh, apparel designers for boot barn. We have had feedlot positions at beef Northwest. We've had agri beef positions, uh, Tons of variety. There's been um, a couple positions with NCBA, and we've also had a lot of remote opportunities as well. Right now, we have one for new generation supplements, um, and that is open to anybody in Canada or the US. So, that's a really exciting thing. I think coming down the pipe for a lot of people, especially for those in rural areas, is the potential for remote jobs. I think that obviously, with the pandemic, remote jobs were a requirement just because of the way we all had to live for a while Um, and I think a lot of businesses are kind of trending that way which is an exciting thing for people who live in rural areas because when it comes to living in a small town that's where you want to raise your kids but obviously there aren't a ton of job opportunities all of the time or if you are a farm wife or a ranch wife you can't go find a job that's 60 miles off of the farm or ranch or relocate because that's where your family base has to be. So I'm really excited about a lot of um, potential in remote jobs, just because I think that that's going to do really well, not only for the people that strengthen this industry, but also for the workforce in general.
0: Well, and I, yeah, like you said, COVID, like we were kind of trending or there was opportunities, but COVID kind of like kicked that door wide open um and was like well you have to figure it out and it actually we we adapted pretty well at agpro you know we some people would go in and some people would stay at home and it you know communication through teams or through um texting and phone calls like really upped and i thought it was really kind of nice to be able to see how that works. And I'm somebody though, that likes to be in the office just because it's, I can separate it, but you're somebody that works from home. What do you, how do you like working from home? You know, I like it
1: and I don't, I have the hard time with kids. Um, it's definitely difficult to work at home. Daycare is a requirement for me because I can't manage children and the, all of the things that a job needs. Um, But then I do like being able to have my own schedule. And if I want to go help on the ranch for a day, I can go out and do that. Whereas if you are eight to five in an office, that's not necessarily as much of an opportunity. It does work well when Justin calls me in the afternoon or in the morning and says, hey, I have a problem. I need you to come rescue me or I have a flat tire. The pickup broke down on the desert. Like, oh, yeah, I can drop what I'm doing and come help you. If I was in an office, he wouldn't have that
0: much flexibility. He'd probably have to figure that out on his own. Yeah, there's no leaving um, Twin Falls or the nearest town and just running home for you. No, but I do think I do miss uh, being able to talk with
1: people. And I think that that's one of the things that when remote jobs do become more prevalent um, personal development is also going to need to become a lot more prevalent too, because I think that that's something that maybe has fallen to the wayside a little bit. But when you are in your own little bubble and you're not getting to network with your coworkers every day or go travel to different places and conferences and things like that, you have to add in some personal development. Otherwise your ideas become kind of stale and that's not good for anybody.
0: Well, and that, just that human interaction, you know, you get you get interaction with your kids and your husband and your parents, but sometimes I think having other interaction or people to bounce ideas off of, or get fresh ideas is always, always good. And I I hope that we'll get back to conferences and traveling, you know, a little bit more um, through all this too.
1: No, I completely agree. That's one of the things that I have struggled most with being remote. Cause I, before I started up the West, I worked remote for, four years um, with a company called The Boutique Hub. And being able to just have strategy and talk about that at the drop of a hat, that is something that I've really struggled with. I feel like you have to be a lot more confident in your ideas and really be creative. And creativity is not necessarily my strong suit. Um, So I have struggled in that. I am jonesing to get out to like a conference or a networking event or something. I need to get out of of rural
0: America and meet some people. That's for sure. Yeah. Go, go try on a new pair of shoes somewhere and, <laughs> and put them back on the shelf rather than having to buy them and get them shipped to, to your no house. Kidding. Um, so since you talked about, um, a little bit of your fashion world, I think a lot of people follow you because of your fashion, fashion advice and fashion, um, ideas and stuff how did you get I get started in the fashion world or what do you what do you do in the fashion world
1: yeah you know I it's so funny because when I was in high school I distinctly remember my dad telling me you have worn the same sweatshirt to school for two weeks. You need to like put it in the washer. You need to put on a different sweatshirt. Like I had no fashionable bone in my body at all. But when I worked for the Idaho Cattle Association, we would have to go down to the state house when the legislature was in session. And every single woman in the legislature, which you know this because your mom's there, wears like a black pantsuit, right? And so- everybody looks the same. And I was like, gosh, I I, I don't want to look like everybody else. So I started wearing some turquoise jewelry with my pantsuit, or I'd wear boots instead of heels, things like that, that were still kind of kept me grounded in Western, but also still made it so that I fit the part walking through the marble halls. So that's kind of where that, I guess, started, if you will. I don't know how any of it has turned into what it is. And I don't really feel that fashionable because mainly I just wear a basic t-shirt and some jeans and some tennis shoes because of ranch life or working at home. I never get to wear fun outfits anymore because I haven't been going anywhere. But uh, yeah. And then as far as working for the Boutique Hub, so they are a company that is focused on strengthening retail businesses within uh, the boutique industry. So we put on a lot of trainings and education, things of that nature. We just had a conference in Atlanta a couple of weeks ago. Um, and so it's been really exciting just to see how well those businesses have done through the pandemic. Uh, and also just know that you are helping somebody's dream along. That is really rewarding.
0: So when you say helping somebody's dream along, what are you referring to? Like they're fashion dream or just helping spur confidence? Their business. So
1: we have more than 7,000 members who are both, um, brands and then boutiques, and they come to us for different trainings or educations, things of that nature. Uh, and so it's really rewarding to know that not only are you helping to strengthen their business, but they have employees. And so when you're able to employ somebody, then you're helping a family. So we are indirectly, being able to help so many people in their journey, which is really exciting.
0: Yeah, no, that's cool. And it's, a, it's kind of the American dream to start your own business or, and, and, and continue to grow and help fam families and let the economy kind of spread out in different, different areas where, I guess, have you all like reached or traveled to, to help these boutiques get started?
1: Yeah. So we, um we go to all major apparel markets. There's one, um, there was just one in Vegas. There's one in Atlanta, there's one in LA and there's one in Dallas. There's also mo- some more regional markets as well. Um, and that's where people who, who own boutiques will go to buy their clothes. So the clothes that you see in a store, that's where those clothes are originally purchased from as an apparel market. So even if you go shop at Valley co-op or DMB. Those clothes were originally purchased through an apparel market. Uh, And so we're able to touch a lot of people and meet a lot of people there. We, I think that we have members across seven different countries, all 50 states, Canada, Australia, a couple in Europe. So we're definitely a wide base.
0: Wow, that's cool. And I, I don't, I need to check it out more because I get, I get stagnant in the same earrings and the same jewelry and the same clothes. So I need to go, go check it out. Are you seeing more of a trend for like the online shopping versus the, you know, the stores and the boutique, like the in-person boutiques?
1: Yes and no. I think in the last summer, a lot more people have gone out to brick and mortar stores just because they wanted to get out and go places since they were so cooped up during the pandemic. But um, all in all online businesses have definitely shot up. Um, not only are there more of them, but they are a lot more successful than they have been just because of all the tools that they have available to them now. Uh, whether that's a website or live selling on Facebook, there's lots of new avenues that you can be selling things. And so that has definitely impacted all of those businesses for the better.
0: Oh, good. And it's cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. See, see successful small businesses, um, take off and be able to reach, you know, somebody in rural Idaho can reach somebody in rural South Dakota now, whereas before it was probably a lot more segregated. Um, yeah, so. well,
1: and that's how the Boutique Hub originally started. The um, the owner, Ashley Alderson, she was from rural North Dakota, and she realized that there was no place to shop. Like She would go to rodeos to find cute clothes, and then when she got back home, that was before Facebook and Instagram were a thing, you couldn't really shop them, and so there was no like a directory for business for boutiques, if you will. So that's originally what the boutique hub was created for. But then as she got those owners together, she realized that they had a lot of business questions. And so as the hub has grown, we really changed what our mission is. And So now instead of selling clothes, we help train and educate business owners so that they can strengthen their own businesses. Well,
0: and that, that goes far beyond just fashion or boutique, like it could translate into their next business endeavor or their family ranch or whatever. So it, I think that's, what's so cool about agriculture and all of us together is it all, you know, feeds into more than just one little piece of the pie.
1: Oh, you are so right. And I've really realized this obviously as being a rancher and a business owner, um, there's just so much work. And grit that goes on behind the scenes to create a business, and I think that's something that small business owners, whether you own a hardware store or a ranch or a feedlot, um, that's something that they all have in common.
0: Yeah, no, and I think that grit, grit is so true. I guess on that, what kind of grit do you see your operation dealing with, or one of like on a day to day basis? Gosh, I tell you what, this year and this
1: drought has been tough and it's one of those things that it's um you don't have any control over because we can't make rain fall from the sky and so you can only change what you are doing as a steward of the land and you're hoping that rain is coming but you kind of have to plan that it's not and changing things one of the things that we struggle with is um, our summer fields are also our winter fields and so if we don't have fall moisture then that impacts things in the winter and right now we're really lucky um, our cows and calves do look good but it's more of a worry that when we lean our calves and send our cows back out as far as how far up will they be bred and what kind of a winter pasture will they have how does that translate into spring so you're always thinking ahead with stuff like that that has definitely been our biggest struggle. And then of course the price of hay. That is not fun right now.
0: <laughs> well and when you're competing with other industries too, you know, the dairies or the feedlots. Yes. Um for those commodities, it's it's amazing even price, you know, feeder barley, something that's always been relatively cheap, is like just as expensive as Coors barley.
1: Yeah. It is unreal. But I mean I guess that's why they always say that it's not a bad year that breaks you, it's a good year and I firmly believe that. That's why in a good year you have to save your money
0: because
1: mm-hmm. in a bad year then you've got it to fall back on.
0: Yeah, I was listening to Governor Little speak last night and he was I mean, he was talking about the state budget, but I think it applies to all our businesses. You know, your the rainy day fund because you don't know when and something that you can't control is going to affect your operation, rain, harsh winter okay. market prices. So I think, I think that's such a great reminder, um, too for everything. So since we've touched on all these different aspects of your life, how do you, how do you balance it all? Or how do you stay focused on a task day to day? Because it seems like you're, you've got a lot of fingers in a lot of different things. I tell you what, I
1: laugh at the word balance because If anybody tells you that they are balancing all of the things in their life, don't believe them. Run away and run fast because I don't (laughs) think that anybody can do it very well. I always liken it to some of the things are glass and other things are plastic. And so I kind of figure out the plastic thing is what I want to drop, obviously, not the glass. Um, And I don't know. I feel like I'm dropping more than I'm picking up. That's for sure. But definitely making sure that our family is always first. They are glass. They will never be plastic, obviously. Um, And making sure that Justin and our kids are the first priority and everything comes secondary to
0: that. No, I think that's, that's perfect. And it's, I think somebody else had mentioned that to me and it's, I always love that reminder because you never, you can, yeah, it's a juggling act. You're juggling everything going on in your life. Um, how do you find time for yourself too with, with it all?
1: You know, that is something I've actually kind of struggled with, but in the last year and a half, just not being able to go as many places or get away. Um, and then with having been pregnant, that also was kind of a challenge because you're never really by yourself when you've got somebody else living inside of you. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you do go take a day, then it feels like you could be using that to get other stuff done, especially when you're feeling behind, which is kind of how I've been feeling lately. So um, I usually, Justin is pretty good about like in the evening, since I've been with kids all day, um, he'll usually come in from work and take them for a while. And then I can go out and do something, whether that's ride or horses or just mow the yard, something that kind of gets me, out and away from all the other stuff that I'm not I don't have my phone or anything like that
0: some just personal one-on-one time to to reconnect with everything that's going on well Jesse, it's been such a pleasure to talk with you um do you have any parting thoughts or words of wisdom you want to leave listeners with gosh I don't know I will tell you what
1: though my biggest thing in life, and I think it's especially prevalent now with the way the world is, is always be kind. You never know what somebody is going through, what battle they are facing. It may look like they have it all together, and they probably don't. So just always leave with grace and kindness.
0: Oh, I love that, and what a great reminder this time of year with with the unknowns leading into the fall and everything and the stress. Um, and then, last thing, where can listeners find you? Um, and where can they follow you and also follow of the West?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So of the West, um, the website for that is of the West.co it is not.com. So of the and then it's that same handle on Instagram of the Uh, and then I'm over on Instagram at Mrs. J JARP, M R
0: S S or M R S J J A R V. Well, I will make sure to tag you um, on Instagram and um, also share your website on the um show notes as well for listeners that want to go maybe check out a job or if they're a business um potentially list with you guys. So great. Well, th- thank you, Valen. Yeah, you're welcome. And thanks again for joining us. And thanks, listeners, for tuning into this week's episode of the podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram or email us at talk to us at millennialag.com until next, until next week, we are millennial ag.